I am unashamed. What about you? It was All I have is twenties now. My, my bill phone, no hundreds. No hundreds. No hundreds. Really? Well, you got so get out. Is that now. mom? Is it? So she, she come by. You got a hundred. Uh, I said. Yeah, I said twenty. Well, how does the money get there? I had several twenties, up to a couple hundred dollars, but all in the twenties. I don't know. But she just. I think there's a story there. Out, when she does it out, she don't. No, bless her. Well, hundreds. And I'm thinking. Well, no, she got them from me. I gave oh. her a thousand dollars. She probably run through that. Oh, <laughs> she gave it away. I told you. Ten you out of ten. Ten out of ten. <laughs> gave every bit of it away. Yeah. I said, Which, you, hey, I said, you give away too much money. She said, what are you going to do when you die? What, you, are you going to need it then? I'm like, I was no. trying to get my head wrapped around that thinking. Well, what I love, though, Dad, is so you and Mom, your life is so different than everybody else because you're here. You you exist and you live, but you never shop for anything. Money just appears in your wallet. Fresh new underwear and T-shirts in your that's drawer. That's where it works. Because you you haven't actually. Well, who? Where does it come from? Well, I, that's the point. Dad doesn't know. There's no. Oh, like, you don't know. No, I, I don't you even need to have it. a I meeting. Just, you know, that's your your meals ready. I mean, <laughs> Dad just. Your I mean, Dad's ready walking for your through. nap. I mean, everything is laid out. <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of a charmed life, really. I guess when you think about it, you go of, outside. You got people standing there. They they're gonna run the equipment. They're gonna. I go down there. All right, you get over. Well, where did they come from? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they just. Yeah, we, we need you need a psychiatrist. A cadre in of individuals who just showed up. Yeah. And then yesterday, the, I'm over there and I see Red's truck, and I and I walk around there. I see his feet sticking out on that building. He said, he said, wait a minute, was the building on him? He said, they're not leaving me a lot of room here. But, and I said, what are you doing, Red? He said, oh, it's hot water tanks leaking. He said, rats got it. Well, he's up under the trailer, cuts a plug about like that, threw it out there on the ground. I picked it up. So this is one of your properties that he's working yeah. on. But you don't know. Huh. He's just doing it, and he's, he just takes care of things. And he's fixing to put that little room in right here. Yeah. So they said, Miss Casey, you got 30 days. He'll, he'll, he'll want her to give him a little money. And she'll say, "Okay, here's what you got to do. So start on the trailer. That hot water tank over there is leaking. And he's on. You have him he on fixes all retainer. That. He, said, hey, right? he said, "I don't thermostat went out on that air conditioner. He said, "I knew it wasn't running." He said, "But uh, th- he said thermostat's bad." He said, "But I got a couple of them in a box up there." He went and got a thermostat. <laughs> it, it, he had it running in 15 minutes. It's <laughs> air compressor. One of them calls burn up on it. He just <laughs> he he just. I'm speechless. Air compressor's running. <laughs> I'll give him a $20 bill sometime. If you... So what your point is, you used to give him 100 but you looked up and the 100 you've only gone. Got, now so mom's put Sometimes I give him two 20s, but I usually pay him if he's there and it's it was actually hard work or pretty <laughs> slick work, he'd get a little cash. So, yeah. But you only need cash for what comes to you because you don't go anywhere I, I don't go to anywhere. spend cash. So it's, anywhere, if you have a need in the moment. Right, that's kind of how it works. But you're not sure where the money's coming from. No, I'd no probably idea. look into that. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't care though. Oh, that's, I could get yeah. fleeced and end up with nothing, and I would never even know it. Until, and you well, know what's disturbing is nothing would probably and change. nothing would change. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's the you don't it's, you're pretty a low maintenance type of guy. Very low. I, you've lived in the same house for forty years. The only time I spend a lot of money is like land. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. That, or that, equipment. You spend some money. Man, or equipment. Well, yeah. he got a whole Diesel. fortress. I'm not sure that was on the but up But you and start up. riding herd on 1,600 acres, and the boys' names yeah. and us and that. If you get, if you're running, you say that real quick. That's a, a lot of property. Track, that's a you big know what's crazy is some of that land and, and, you got. You, you know, years ago you bought it for just two and three hundred dollars an acre because right. nobody thought it was worth anything. Yeah, well, only correct. because of what you're doing is it's only, a flood. Well, you're it I floods mean, for you. Phil's the only man in, in probably this area that when he came down here and they said, you know, this the, the reason this you're place is so cheap. Area. Yeah, it's because it's in a flood area. And Phil's like. Perfect. That's right. Yeah. Let's, let's, get, let's go. <laughs> yeah. I was looking at it like I told Dan, I was just sitting over there the day looking. I said, Dan, every time I look out across these woods, I can't believe we own all this. So I said, he said, he said, I can't believe it did either. Well, my theory. And he said, you helped well, me believe in God because he said, I looked at where you started and what you ended up with. He said, oh, there has to be a God. Well, and we, hunted, we hunted a lot of the property. But Red's around. convinced but of it. We hunted, well, and, and nobody wanted it. Nobody wanted it. So we hunted a lot of the property around here because someone we knew was leasing it or some of it was public land at one point. Oh, and, let's face it. And we, we, we roamed around here and oh, hunted and nobody said a word. No, and, and but, but now we own it, which is really interesting. Yeah. And my theory has always been that, and this may or not be true, it's just what I think, that when you were young, you and your siblings, so you, you know, y'all don't have anything either. Poor. Poor. And all the land around you was owned by farmers because you were in a farm area. And so, all of it posted. And yeah. And so you, you were roaming around trying to hunt and really just for, in y'all's case, for sustenance, right? No, for the we, we, no we were roaming around not trying to hunt. We hunted it. <laughs> Because we kind. thought anything <laughs> that like that, that grows like fruit, nuts, or animals. That was a gift from the Almighty, right? Yeah. So, so you, you didn't care who owned the you land. You weren't really worried about it. If it was something growing or something just walking along in the woods that you could eat, we said, go for it. Yeah. That's called rationalization. <laughs> yeah, big time. <laughs> it's called poaching now. But anyway, what my theory is, is that because – you did that all your early life that there was always something in you that wanted land. I, I think that was put in there. The, That's sons, what I think. the I, sons of the landowners, the landowners we were poaching on, they all slowly died out. We leave. We're, we're there for a period of time hunting on their land. They would come back and tell their children, that Robinson bunch, they said, you can't catch them. They said they 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 can run. They said they, they said they jump barbed wire fences like deer. They they you, you can't catch them. Well, their sons call me up 40, 50 years later. Oh yeah, and they said we used to hear stories. About, I hear from them all the time about all you Robinson boys. Right. They said now you're a legend. Well, they said we we've, we've we've come up to a conclusion because all the sons of the landowners were in there drinking coffee. Yep. They said, we're talking about the old time. Yep. And, the, and, and the guy that was talking said, my dad used to come back and say, hey, he liked to caught y'all, and y'all ran. He'd laugh, you know, and said, scared y'all and everything. And that guy said, but we just, I just want to tell you, Rob, said, you know, you know what the situation is? We miss y'all. Because <laughs> I mean, it was we exciting. Brought a, we brought a little excitement, you know, a little poaching. Well, it's funny, Dad, because a lot of those guys, obviously now. But they saw where we ended up. Right. And they said, good. Well, now, a lot of those guys are your age to mine and Now they were age. proud to, to try oh, to catch us. Cause, oh, that's right. And, you're, you, be, you know, you're famous. So all these people that are working in city government over in that area where you grew up, 
I, I spoke at this big conference one time, and it was just it was all the civic people of Louisiana, town councils, mayors, oh, yeah. a lot of men. Well, look, so all that crew from all those little towns around there, you know, where you grew up, they all just rushed at me, you know, to come up to tell me all about stories they remember to you inside and how proud they were of the, you know, the natives, oh, yeah. the native sons. Yeah, and I yeah. laughed about it because I thought, you know, we never touched any equipment. Right, like like if they had a tractor, thieves. a wrench, a shell. No, you didn't touch equipment. There, that belonged to somebody you, else. You you stuck carefully to the harvest of squirrels and fish, but but as far as like messing with their stuff, tearing up anything, no. Yeah. So you remember? I Jay's, think that's why you got forgiveness. Yeah, maybe. And you remember Jay's dad's didn't give us a lot of rules growing up. But one of the things he stressed a lot was you do not steal from other oh, people. Yeah, like right. he, he was big on there that. There was he, no thefts at all other than with the, our family structure. None. Other than their plums and their and <laughs> their If it ducks. grew on trees, that old woman <laughs> up the road had a couple of peach trees, and Cy and I would watch them closer than she did. And when they got ripe, if they started falling and she wouldn't go picking them up, I said, She's wasting them pizza side. What do you think? He said, we got to hit it. <laughs> Did we you would do get, it at night? We'd go to the peaches. No, and, we'd do it late in the evening, and we'd go into the bushes, eat, eat, go back and get another peach. When we got full so of peaches. So you just ate your fill. We were like a coon. I said, we don't want to take more than we need. We didn't get a basket full and take them home. You weren't selling no, them. Nope. None of that. It's what you could eat in the brush, like watermelons, get them to the thicket, thick, break them. <laughs> Eat the heart out of it, and we sit there. And then they said, "What do you think?" He said, "We can go another one." And we'd go out there, and we knew they'd already harvest them. These were just they're going to leave them. Well, look, I want to say this. Remember when we were in Washington duck hunting? Yep. And somebody said, "They said, you know, these farmers, they don't care if you go eat them apples." Under the tree. And everybody looked around and was like, are you serious? I, I should tell you and, what I did. The next orchard we got to, I said, pull over. We all <laughs> went out there and got under the trees and ate enough apples to where I didn't want another apple. That guy from Washington and, State said they leave a tree or two on the edge. They won't. Yeah. He said, just for people to visit, pass them by. Just for tourists. I said, well, pull over That's this smart. next one. Yeah. But I was thinking that when you said that. I said, I bet that old woman knew y'all were eating. And probably just thought, well, them boys are hungry. You know, you never know. You always assume that people, you know, are not generous. But she probably knew and just didn't care if y'all ate a few pizzas. I don't know. Depends probably on how not. old she was. Well, it could be. So you yeah. mentioned size. So so the other day, size was over the house. Because now that he and Stone, my son-in-law, are in business together. You know, they're in the grilling. Oh, yeah. They got a, they got their, they got a grill business going with oh. some guy they met. Well, Jay can grill. Now he can grill, and then Cy, of course, you know, has a whole line of, you know, just so I can eat bull. And he even though eat. he doesn't look like Cy looks oh. malnourished, but I'm gonna tell you that that man, man can that, eat. He, I've never seen a person that can eat so much. Well, we got a. I, I, I talked him into getting a physical therapist down there, helping with his lungs. His old yeah. lungs smoking them Winston's, you know, when he was younger. Yeah. But so now the physical therapist, he's bringing him back. Yeah, so he came in. He came in yesterday, and he, and Jay said, "Well, how'd you fit?" Because Jay's been trying to kind of, you know, trying to save as much as you can. If he's he, got COPD. If he does what Jay does, he's not gonna be. No, 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 no. He can't do that. Oh, okay. So he's he's got COPD, which means he can't get better. His lungs are already. I mean, they're degenerating. But you can't hold off the slide. So that's the whole thing. But it, so, so Philip asked him. He said, "So how'd you, how'd your physical therapy go?" And he said, "They're." killing me 
They're killing me. And, and Jay's like, well, no, they're not killing you. That's yeah. the whole point. They're keeping you from dying. No, they're killing me. He says, just like when I did PT in the Army, I told him, I ain't getting this. I'm still just winded every time I run. This ain't working. It's a piece of junk. So anyway, so so Philip is there. Philip is a guy that Jace converted. And he told the conversion story. On the uh, side of the road. It's from the side of the road. And uh, he now, after all these years, like, what was that, 30 years ago? Yeah. Me, my, when I brought my best friend to the Lord, we were going to a Bible study for another guy. And we saw he saw him on the side of the road. He was just, like, pulled over for whatever reason. And he's like, hey, that's my buddy. Pull over. And he's like, hey, we're going. You want to go? We're, uh, we're going to play some cards. That's what he said. He's like. I'm in. And so he went over there and when we when we got in there, I just said, Here, let me show you something and I shared Jesus with him and I mean he been changed man ever since. So and he was uh he was for those of you that watch the show Duck Dynasty, he was McMillan the villain. Yeah, uh, we that was an embellishment on the show. Yeah, because he so, really is a friend, but he was but he was a nemesis yeah. in your high school years. So that's kind of yeah, where that grew he, out he of. He was. That. He has that personality. Oh, he, he's he, actually a really funny guy. He knew impersonation. He's had a weird life. He used to be like a break dancer and oh yeah. Not that that's weird, but it was weird <laughs> in our culture, you know. I'm former break dancer. Uh you know, I do voices. What's and, the break part? What does that mean? Break. What, oh boy. Break part. Huh? <laughs> Yeah, you want like to dancer? I got it, but break dancer like it was a it was a like, style of dancing. They, remember they get around, spin around the floor. Did you ever oh, see oh, one yeah, of those? Exactly. It looked like, like they were having an epileptic. They're doing fit like on. yeah, fake push ups and spinning, spinning and around. That, that, this is back when they had the big stereos. Yeah, it's so the that's 80s. the break part. Break. Yeah, they you break know what it we down. used to do when we first brought Philip to the Lord. Look, we would gather up at somebody's house. I mean, there'd be twenty or thirty of us. And he would call people, and we would do pranks. And uh, we would laugh, because you're supposed to be quiet. And look, the hardest we ever laughed was when he called my wife's dad, who was a traveling preacher and had a mission work. And so he called him, and, uh, of course, he answered the phone. And you know, and then he would do some voice that he wouldn't tell us, and he was like, I, you know, I was at that We Care campaign and i i just got the impression that y'all didn't care and and, and you know <laughs> missy's dad would try to respond well, well what happened you know he's like you know i'm sitting in there and some of your volunteers you know they just treated me like a dog <laughs> and he's like well we're sorry that happened to you and he's like well you ought to be i mean you're going around saying you care and you treated me like you didn't give a care in the world. <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking about coming to Jesus, but I thought, nope, you just don't care. Yes, I think y'all were carrying that a little too far there. <laughs> well, well I'll tell you one thing. It's as hard as I've ever laughed. Because when you oh, go yeah. into a room and you can't laugh, it, it's oh, like it's does something uncontrollable. <laughs> so let's, let's take a quick break. So one of the ways um, – that I'm always trying to look to save a few dollars is, uh, you know, making comparison. The best thing about capitalism is when you have people competing for your business, you know, it keeps the cost down. The worst thing you want is this communist idea, socialist idea that everything's just one controller and they're the monopoly, whoever it is. I mean, then you don't have a lot of options, right? So one of the things that uh, one of the sponsors that we have is, is a company called Gabby Insurance, and we actually, Lisa and I just recently went on to Gabby 
uh, and used it because we were looking at some uh, insurance for a condo we're looking into maybe buying. And so it was really great. I mean, it was very easy to do. They do the comparisons for you and 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 save you money because you're looking at the you know they look at all the quotes you have to track all that stuff down. So we thought it was really good. Basically, they save uh, eight hundred and twenty five dollars on average per year per person. So it's a good way to save some money. It saved us some money. I'm glad these guys are doing it. It's totally free to check your rate. There's no obligation. It takes two minutes if you go there right now. Gabby, G-A-B-I dot com slash unashamed, G-A-B-I dot com slash unashamed, and save yourself some money. So, Philip, here's here's the amazing thing. So, Philip is a guy that, that Jace converts, and then uh, we convert his wife. His She was his girlfriend then, but mm-hmm. then she became his wife. But now they've been around. I married them, which was usually the way it worked. All these people, Jay's was converting back then, his old buddies, and I would marry them. And then we would all took part in their discipleship because it would have them over in groups. I mean, those yeah. were great days. And they're all like solid Christian people now. With Philip, it's interesting because Philip, because he was a part of our show, a part of Duck Dynasty, he developed a really close friendship with Cy through that process. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had not really known each other before that other than see each other at church. And so he just kind of became Sai's right hand man. And of course, they like to play cards, but Cy, I mean, Philip does everything for Sai. He, he's with him on the road. It really gives me a lot of peace because, I mean, we're kind of looking out for Sai because his his kids don't live here. And so, you know, I'm always worried about him, like you know, because Sai'll just do anything. You just never know. Yeah, I mean, he's, that is the one thing about the show. He's actually crazier and older than he appears. That's right. I mean, he is a crazy old man. So, so Philip, so Philip looks after him, which is good. So Philip and I talk all the time because I'm always trying to look out for Sai, make sure nobody takes advantage of him, you know, because it would be easy to do. And uh, so Philip, you know, so he, he like he does everything and takes care of. Him. So, so they were telling the story. Philip's telling me the story, or maybe Sai was telling. It. And uh, so Philip, he calls Philip at six thirty in the morning, and he says. I, my the alarm is going off. This crazy alarm is going off. I can't turn it off. And, and so Philip could hear the beeping. And Sai's like, you know, it's six thirty on a Saturday morning, mm-hmm. and and Sai is calling Philip. He says, "A piece of junk," you know, and he's he's t- talking to Philip. So Philip says, "Well, go to the things. I'll, I'll I'll walk you through it." So he goes in there and he opens up the alarm. So it's this door alarm, and he says, "All right, here's the code. Punch it in." So he punches it in. Still going. It won't work. It's a piece of junk. And Phil's like, side has to work. Punch it in again. You must hit the wrong number. So this goes back and forth. And finally, Sai's like, you got to get over here. This is driving me crazy. So Philip loads up, 6.30 in the morning. He got woke up. He, he, he comes in. He, goes, he walks in the door, and the alarm's not going off. But he can hear it. And Sai says, it's a piece of junk, I'm telling you. And, and Phil starts looking around. He goes, Sai's alarm clock is going off. And he thinks it's and he thinks alarm? it's the door alarm. <laughs> <laughs> and Philip oh. and look, they live like so I lives on the way out here. So I mean, he had to drive twenty minutes to get he's to us. Putting, he's putting the man to look after. Putting him he, in a. Oh. a, a <laughs> can you imagine? I mean, I laughed so yeah. hard. It's it's. I was like, so I was kind of embarrassed. And he said, "Yeah, I should have checked that other piece of junk." You know, I mean, he just moves right up. But Sai said he looked around when Philip realized what had happened. 
Philip didn't even say anything. He just said, I heard a squeal. And I looked around, and all I saw was the taillights of Philip squealing out of the, my driveway. Because, you know, he woke him up, brought him all the way out there for nothing. <laughs> and I said, Philip, were you hot? And he said, well, I was for a minute, but I Welcome can't stay mad. Welcome to my world. I worked beside him for 10 years <laughs> in th- at this range. That's right. Oh, boy. So, so Jace, there was another event. You missed it. It was a big event that happened at, at my house. I missed it, too, because I was out of town. But there was the the Robertson girl cousin get together. I hadn't heard about this. Yeah, was, uh, so apparently I didn't know this either. Once a year, all the Robertson girl cousins, because we got a few girl cousins that yep. get together and they do it with with usually Anna is like, woo, <laughs> Corona. Start over again. So so they had this big cousin girl get together. So it was really interesting. So I kind of came in at the tail end of it. And you know, Amy was there, and um, who all was there? Trace Lee, which is Sai's daughter. Uh, Lulu was there. Melissa. It was about six or seven of the girl cousins. I fed them jambalaya. Oh, did you? So you knew about it because they I came out here. Jambalaya. They came out and visited. So it was really interesting. And they wanted to meet Phyllis, but Phyllis wasn't able to come because she had to work. But uh, that was kind of the purpose of the gathering. But I thought it was interesting because what they do nowadays, they sit around. Most of their their parents have passed away your siblings because now it's just you and Si left. And so it's interesting. So they basically sit around and tell stories about what it was like to grow up Robertson. And it was really interesting because listening to them talk, it's a totally different experience, which makes sense from the girl perspective versus Mm -hmm. from our perspective, because they don't hunt, you know, they don't play domino, like all the things we did growing up that was kind of a part of our Robertson male makeup they see it a lot differently. I mean, it was really interesting just me listening to them talk about their parents and about how they were. And they then, were seated around in a table. And what did y'all talk about when they came? Well, they were carrying on a conversation, cousins, Robertson cousins. So they're all. So I said, yeah, I got to get out of here. <laughs> so I go in there. I said, Well, I'm gonna sleep on it. So I go on in there. They said, "Is he coming back?" No, he's not coming back. So I go in there, and 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 I just woke up because one of the stories they were telling got so much laughter. They literally woke me up. So they woke. They, they which, just, I, which I thought somebody had broken in the house, <laughs> but then I thought about it. I cracked the door and I looked there. They were all in there, just just kind of cooling off from the outburst of it. It sounded like they were something bad happening. So they really he hauled on something. Do you even know what it was? I just seized the door back and went back in there. And... Oh, that's hilarious. So here's the thing we noticed, Dad, that was interesting. Maybe you can answer this because I'm just curious now. So there's two Robertsons left out of the seven, you and Si. Yep. But every Robertson spouse, including Jimmy Frank, had two because that was the only divorce that ever happened was he and his first wife. But they're all still alive. Yep. So how do you explain that? What what's the five out of seven Robertsons have passed on, but eight out of eight spouses are still alive. That just I I found that weird that somebody wouldn't have passed away. Does it yep. mean that just hard to figure? I don't know. I don't know. That's a weird thing. Jace, you got a random any, random numbers, random yeah. chat? I don't think it means anything. Okay. Well uh, it's just I just it struck <laughs> me as curious, you know, that, yeah. that, that, that I mean, that is interesting, but I don't. I don't I now, don't and, and I'll say this: you, you can't predict the future. 
I'd say there's a pretty good chance that Cy would would go before Christine just because of Cy being having COPD and all that. Although he's a pretty tough old bird, so he may not. But you Christine, I told you, I learned my lesson about Missy's grandma. She, the woman, just defies death. And then you mom, know? with all her various ailments, I mean, you wouldn't think, but who knows? You know. Yep. You, you know. Well, I hope the Almighty gives her a little longer on the earth. Well, she's a one-woman wrecking crew. <laughs> I mean, she, what she, does that mean? Bald, you know. Oh yeah, <laughs> big self-imposed hitting her legs. I mean, deep cuts. Oh, I know stitches. Well, you know. Willie, tell about I go way. in there and I doctor on. I said, she said, you know, you're so good to me. I mean, taking care of my wounds here, you know. And I said, look, you got to remember, I remember you when you were about fourteen or fifteen. I said, so I've been with you the whole time here. I said, I'm just taking care of you. Well, and it I, happens. I want to compliment you, Dad, because you haven't always been the nurturing type uh, throughout your life. Uh, it never came natural to you, but I've noticed in your later years that you are much more, especially concerning mom. Yeah. And you take care of her, and yep. like she, because she's had some pretty bad ailments the last couple of years. Yep, she's she had does. a lot of health problems. By the way, all you guys that have been emailing about that and praying for mom, we appreciate it. She's doing great. Her latest wound, she's almost over. She's back up and around doing her thing. So yeah, we're down to a little bit of a slight amount, not a whole lot, with little little Q-tips, just putting a little uh, peroxide mm-hmm. in the on wound. The, wound, the wound is just heating slowly, but yeah. and it was a gash. Oh, I saw on it. her lower lower leg. It looked terrible. Right above Did you ever foot. see it? Oh yeah, that was bad. Oh, it was a bad cut. But she's doing great. So we appreciate the, the all the prayers on that too. Uh, let's take another break. Uh, you know what scares me, Jace? No. Ten trillion dollars in printed money scares me. I'm looking for a hedge against inflation. I've read that gold can be one of the greatest hedges against inflation. Um, a safe haven investment in times of turmoil. Uh, one of our sponsors, Nationwide Coin and Bullion Reserve Copy. Um, I'm sorry. Let me start that over. It's not copied. You know what scares me, Jace? No. <laughs> Ten, large, large dogs. Large dogs and ten trillion dollars of of of, a, of money that's been printed uh, scares me. I'm always. Why, why does that scare you? It scares me because I get concerned about inflation. Oh, you know, see, Zach yeah. thinks about stuff. He's a, see, he's a great man. I don't mind. think about that. Yeah, what, what's your point? My point is one of our sponsors offers a way, a hedge against inflation, gold. Well, I'll tell you how to say it. You didn't have to do the scare and all that. You just said, let's go find some gold. I'm like, I'm in. <laughs> You're in at that point? <laughs> well, gold has been here for creation. True. And it's always valuable. Mm-hmm. It's always valuable. And when you find it, see, I'm looking for gold also. And when I find it, I think, oh, this is something good. <laughs> well, it's been up 35% in the last 12 months, and they're predicting it to go to $2,000 per ounce by 2021. And It's our, almost there. Wow. Yeah, it's getting pretty close. They keep yeah. up in that number. Every time we, we read these ads, the number yeah. keeps going up. Um, but uh, our, our, uh, our sponsor, Nationwide Coin and Bullion Reserve, is a trusted source for precious metals with a uh, 4.6 star rating on Trustpilot. Right now, Nationwide Coin and Bullion Reserve has an exceptional offer for all new customers. So while supplies last, our audience can get one ounce, that's a $50 Gold Eagle coin, at cost for just $1,700. Weight and purity, that's probably lower than the... 
Well, that is. Yeah. yeah. Well, how how do they make money? I don't, I'm just I'm just telling you the offer. Uh, that sounds offer. like a good deal. So yeah. maybe maybe that's uh, maybe that fluctuates based on market. Uh, but anyways, go go to uh, you can call one eight hundred seven zero five seven two seven two. That's one eight hundred seven zero five seven two seven two. And make sure when you call that you mention that you heard about them on our show on on the shame. Nationwide Coin, 800-705-7272. So the book of John is where we've been uh, camping out. And I think, Jace, it was you that said, or maybe it was you and Dad, said that in our opinion, uh, our studied opinion, the book of John is one of the best places to go, number one, just to get into Jesus and, and see who he is. Is that, I mean, well, how would you characterize it? When I spoke at the, the farm animal owners, I think my first line was, whatever you think about Jesus is going to affect how you live, where you go, no what doubt you about talk it. about, what kind of personality you have. And I just kind of paused because I've learned through the years that some silence is good when you say something profound. And I recommended to that audience, because I was with a bunch of farmers, it really wasn't a religious setting, but they had a little devotional there. And I talked about that on a previous podcast. But all I did was introduce Jesus because he's the image of the invisible God. Because everyone struggles with believing in something and trusting and making life decisions based on something you can't see. That's what faith is, and being sure of how sure you are of it. So that's why we hang out from Matthew, Mark, Luke, or in this case, John, because you know what God is like because you literally can visualize because he was he was a human. He, yep. he was a carpenter. Mm-hmm. You know, he went through, you know, nobody believed he had any kind of special sauce you know who do you think you are that was a line asked him and uh and that but when you look deeper and look at what he says it 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 truly gives you an image of what god is like through a human existence his name is jesus translated to you know to english but that that's how you get to know god that, that's why we just that is the focal point right <clears throat> and we've said this before so there's four gospels because know a lot of you guys are just for the, for the first time really getting into Bible study <clears throat> and I appreciate all the comments we get about it there's Matthew Mark Luke and John four different um, versions of the same story <clears throat> yeah and well and I've often said I've said before but since we're kind of doing an overall review here the people who wrote the titles and the division of the Bible that just people did that. You know, the, the Holy Spirit through these men wrote the letters. Right. So then people came in to organize the Bible and made the little headings, and but none of that is inspired. Right. And so I think it gives some people an inaccurate depiction of really what it's about. That's why I've, I've, I don't break the Bible down into New Testament, you know, versus the Old Testament. Somebody had that idea, and it worked. I look at it more like, okay, the Old Testament, which would be Genesis to Malachi, basically says Jesus is coming to the earth because you set the stage through history, or God did, on why we needed. And to be precise, you know, the Old Testament 
was still in force when Jesus showed up. Correct. That's and right. Du- during his ministry, That's a lot correct. of people miss that. Because right. you can read in Hebrews, you know, it's like that. You they get the word testament from when someone dies. You know, if they read their last will and testament, then there's a shift in yep. how that family line will continue and what you divide his stuff up and that's all right. this. So I, that's why I've said I have a different view of it. I, I view that section of history as Jesus is coming because that is the thing. He's coming to earth. Then Matthew to John would be section number two, which is Jesus is here, and that's what you see what God is like. And now the one thing they all have in common, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, is that Jesus was perfect. You know, he came from a virgin. He's perfect. He died on a cross as a sinless human. He was buried, and he came back from the dead. Which all four record. So some have asked me, why repeat yourself from four different angles about the same person? And my answer to that every time is, so you can't miss it. Well, right. <laughs> That's why when you read it, you're like, well, why is it the same stuff? Well, it's just four different angles of what Jesus was like when he was here on the earth. So, then you have Acts of the Revelation, which I believe basically says he's coming back. Yep. So then the churches get started all you know from while he was here. So if you kind of look at it. You know, Acts one eleven, he leaves supernaturally right so i mean generally what i'm saying you know the 11th verse of acts 1 would be that transition just like we were talking about the testament earlier about being a transition point but they're they're just making that up also but that way if you look at it like that you get the point which is jesus you say well why is that the point because that's how you he's the image of the invisible god so that's what you how you know what god is like right and so each one of the each one of the early gospel writers, you know, Matthew was was one of the twelve. He was the tax collector, and it's interesting because he had a heavy Jewish. I mean, he was Jewish, and so the book of Matthew is much more themed in law and Jewish history, and it's different. Um, and and Jesus is rebuttal. That's exactly right. right. So a lot of those texts are going to deal with that. That's the old woe to you that's section, right. you know. And, and you don't. And look, so John doesn't even deal with no. that. You know, Matthew did. Mark's got a different take. His was a lot shorter. Mark was younger. Uh, you know, and it was interesting. You get a little bit different flavor. Luke was actually a Gentile. He's a physician. He he ran around with Paul in that era, mm-hmm. and then he wrote Luke and Acts. Mm-hmm. which is really interesting. And he was writing those as a testament to send to somebody, to send to Theophilus, to show them, hey, this Jesus and this New Testament, or this church, you know, now we know it's New Testament He church. said all of them said so much and approached it from all the different angles that four different individuals yeah. end up saying the same thing about the same being <clears throat> at the same time. Right. And you're saying, how could they have... What? How could it be possible that they invented that story? Right. It's it's too 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 rich in history. And the reason I bring it up now is because I, I want our audience who's going through the study of John with us to always know the best way to do this is when we're studying a we're in a passage, a lot of it, go and find those other Matthew what he says, Mark says, Luke mm-hmm. says because you're going to get some flavor around what's going on in a different perspective. It's the same reason why a famous person like, say, uh, um, George Washington, 
I mean, how many biographies have been written about him? And, and think about it, because he lived a lot of different aspects of his life. Was well, the same thing with Jesus. I mean, he had a huge impact in three years on the ministry on the earth. Well, so, but what separates Jesus is he came back from the dead. Well, obviously. And, well, I'm just saying. That's the only it, part, when you get to that, that's the only part that Thomas Jefferson, who I admire for the Declaration of Independence and his— but 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 he could not he could not yeah. go that he he missed yeah, yeah well, he missed, couldn't leap he could yeah he but couldn't Phil, nobody it, you know is any leader they're disqualified when it comes you know once they're dead right <laughs> I mean so now here you got a claim of a person who number one claims to be God that's quite a claim number two comes back from the dead okay well now we're with you. Right. Because whatever you represent, this whatever I'm searching for or feel like I need to find on earth, that's where you need to end up. Because that's really the only ticket off the planet in a real way that's right. kind of like you were here. Right. Yep. So let's, let's take another break. So basically, we're all just kind of coming out of uh, COVID with our being able to meet at our church, which has been a, a blessing. Dad, you guys met uh, recently, which that went well, right? Yep. And so did ours. Um, it was really neat. I thought it was emotional, I would say, Jase, when everybody got back together. Um, we started singing. I was a little emotional. I was too. And a lot of people were that, you know, our singers and stuff. So it's kind of, it's been hard, obviously, being apart. But we got a, a, a new sponsor for the show, and uh, they have come up with a good product to help keep people connected. It was especially important during COVID, but even going forward, it's called a Jace. A D J A C has a ring to it. Has a thing. ring to it. A Jace. Uh, and basically they have a technology uh, about setting up a database for your church to be able to stay connected. Um, and they make it super easy. It uh, can be up and running in two minutes. Uh, portrait, address, phone number, email, all those things can be synchronized. It can also work with planning center and some other, you know, worship software as well. It's secure. Nobody can get into it unless they're inside your church and they have access. Get it on your mobile apps. It's also inexpensive. Free for churches under fifty, ten dollars a month for churches between fifty and two fifty. So they make it affordable uh, for you to be able to do it for your church. So we encourage you to go to adjace a d j a c e dot com. Hit the new church button. You'll be up and running in two minutes. They need to say space to face with adjace. Ooh, ooh, that's good. There you go. You got to charge for that kind of stuff. <laughs> So anyway, I say all that to say back to John. So we're in John 7 and about to be into to John 8. We want to try to get some of that in today. <clears throat> and I wanted to set it up because it's been a little while since we talked about it. But there were, there were the last time we studied this in John chapter 7, these questions that kept coming up because the whole thing keeps coming back to, is he the son of God? Is he not the son of God? That's, That's why I said that. What you think <laughs> about Jesus, if you think about that one question, these questions in John are asked, over and over and over. he has a demon. Well, he seems like a good man. If you just zeroed in on that's the right. claims, that's right. I remember even when we were in school, we had a whole section of just the claims and what people thought. On uh, you know, I, I read somewhere where somebody said they boiled it down to you believe he's either a liar, a lunatic, or Lord, and that was the three categories which. I kind of like that. 
because he's he's it, it's either crazy, you know, and the people this is so crazy. Either y'all are a bunch of lunatics, and so is he, or is this just a big lie? Yep. Or is he truly Lord of heaven and earth and the Lord of my life? Right. I mean, those those are three. That pretty much sums up your view of of Jesus. And I think that's in the common era now. You see that, but but the point is, it was there then too. I mean, they Same could thing. not figure it out. It's like, how does he know so much? He hadn't studied. Isn't he the son of Mary and Joseph? I mean, none of this makes any sense. But they were in the dark on one key component. A lot of these people were very knowledgeable about Old Testament prophecy, and they would go back and quote. They would say, well, you know, no good thing comes from Nazareth. There's no way. But see, they missed it. They didn't know he was born in Bethlehem. They missed that point. You see what I'm saying? So but they just missed they so many different true. aspects of it. But even if it was true, he's going to defy all your normal laws anyway. That's exactly right. You know, they were, I mean, God's <laughs> the one who thought it was a big deal to fulfill all the prophecy. Cause, cause to me, a lot of times I'm, I'm just selfishly confessing here. I'm like, why did he think that was such a big deal? Because once you're raised from the dead, that's all you had to do for me. It, you, <laughs> you, you didn't have to go through three hundred fulfilled prophecies, you know, through history to impress me. Once the resurrection happened, he wanted, I'm officially impressed. Yeah, he wanted to make sure the evidence was overwhelming. Yeah. Well, How could I fulfill and he's this per- many you know, problems? And he's perfect. He's I mean, per- he, you know why? Because you and I are imperfect. So you're right. We well, look at, I, I mean, he's perfect. So in other words, God can't leave a loophole. No loophole. He, well, no loophole. I, I think what it, I was being tongue-in-cheek just I because I think he did it, if you really ask me, because when his when he says something, he wants you to believe it. When I say something, it's going to happen. I mean, you you write it down. So and here's how I worked it out in history. How many fulfilled prophecies are three hundred something? Yeah, yeah three hundred times. You you try to pull some a prediction off like thousands of years before, said this is going to happen, and then oh, it did. And you do that over three hundred times. Well, you get the impression when he speaks, you can more than take it to the bank. I don't know whatever analogy you can put on that. There's not a big it, enough a one. God promise is in stone that eternal stone it it is but i think that's why he did it that's why it says it's impossible for him to lie right but here's the irony all that was happening all those prophecies are being fulfilled but because it wasn't how they thought it was supposed to be they were missing it yeah over and over and over again because look his narrative did not fit their narrative. That's right. And it still don't, doesn't today to That's, a lot of people. To this day. That's right. Yeah. It was just like on the last podcast and you were talking about you in your mind, you had been led to believe a narrative that if you were an old person and you got coronavirus, you're done. That's right. It's over. You forgot that God was still in charge. I'm, I forgot that God could say, you That's know like what? The, I think I'm gonna, I got a plan for her for That's another right. year. I'm like, okay, okay. I was wrong. Right. You got to remember, Jace, the Pharisees, they were the experts in the law. Yeah. And they got this fellow that says, oh, I've come to fulfill it, and then I'm going to live by it. I've come to fulfill it. They're like, you going to do what? They just couldn't. Well, that's why they killed him. Because yeah. they're like, you're a blasphemer. I mean, well, who are you to claim? You claim- that's why they try to trap him with all these questions. Just how many? How much is in John about 
they figured out a question. These are smart It men. never entered their mind that the Lord Jesus, along with the Father and the Spirit, wrote the law. They well, just right. couldn't think that. They said, well, what if, they said, well, if he said he's going to fulfill it, nobody else had, but he's going to do that. How could he say such a thing? Uh, he could just simply say, uh, I wrote it. I mean, if there was <laughs> ever, he, a, he would say that. If there was ever a bunch who were sincerely mistaken, this was it. I mean, I think the miracles always go to them. I would, you would think you would believe once you saw that, but nope. So that's what I figured one would do it for me, but no. I would think. I mean, I would say just show it to me. If you take off running across that river out there, I'd say okay, but I'm forget whatever expert. I thought I was an expert, but if you can do that. You're the expert. <laughs> Let's take one last break. So, Dad, I wanted, before we get into, we're going to get into back in the book of John today, but I want to mention uh, your book again, because you guys have been doing awesome, uh, doing the early orders, uh, pre-orders. The book releases August 4th, but we're trying to get uh, as, as many copies pre-ordered as possible. A lot of you went to JesusPoliticsBook.com because you got 2,000. The first 2,000 got a signed copy. Well, you guys got all those, which thank you for that. That's awesome. So when I get an opportunity, I want to let you know about it. So BarnesandNoble.com is doing 500 pre-signs. So if you want to pre-order, you go to BarnesandNoble.com, Jesus Politics, which is Dad's latest tome, and a pretty good book. Uh, Dad, I might say, hey. you know, might add. I think it's really good follow-up to the first one. So if you want to check that out, barnesandnoble.com. First 500, get a signed copy. <laughs> when I talked about that in, in my last sermon I preached, because I talked about that there were two miraculous feedings, one 5,000, one 4,000, two, I mean, and Jesus is trying to tell his disciples, because even they're like, well, you know, he was like, hey, I mean, how many basketballs did you pick? And he's like convincing them. And these people come back up, and they're just like, well, we need a sign. How do we know it's you? you got to give us yeah. a sign. They <laughs> they had just, he had just miraculously produced food on two different occasions to feed thousands of people. And they were like, you know, we're going to need a sign on that because uh, – we just, I, mean, I, I really, and you take a I, large I, picnic, though, a large <laughs> picnic of 5,000. I've said this before. When you're back there in row 40, back in there, and somebody comes by and, and, the, and, you, got, and you got fish and bread, you, you're, you're just thinking, boy, whoever brought that in, they didn't have trucking then. But whoever, well, he's just sitting up there. Hauled, and he all, this, but what do you is, think it This is some like. good fish and good bread. No, here. I bet it was the best the ever. The best ever. Well, yeah. It was, I mean, but they couldn't see. The truck or the wagon <laughs> with all that, because that's a lot of people. That's, I mean, I've fed, you know, up into the hundreds, but I've never gotten into four or five thousand. So that's a lot of grub. That's a lot of grub. Oh, it's fun. When you preached on that, talking about that, uh, we, it, it, it got into a conversation in our house that got funny because Missy said, you know, if you were, first she said, if you were having a death row meal, well, you know, your last meal, and I think Corinna said, well, that's kind of depressing. And Missy's <laughs> like, yeah, let me change that. If the first meal you were going to eat in heaven, which, so I thought that was better. She's like, I got to thinking, you know, one of the evidences of God, she's like, the first time I was down at, at Phil and Kay's and I ate a crawfish pie, I thought, 
there's got to be a God because <laughs> this is the greatest thing to have. The, these are like almost heavenly components that have been put together. The perfect that, crust that, that man cannot create. I mean, they're they're serving. Up, and she went on a big day. I was like, I didn't realize you like that crawfish pie that much. And she said, oh, no, I'm ordering the crawfish pie on the first day. It was life-changing. Phyllis and her man, when they came to visit us, Miss Kay, I said, break out the best, Miss Kay, you know, like a crawfish pie. Yeah. When they ate that, those two, they said, we, when we, that touched our lip, we thought, my goodness, what have we found here? I mean, they are amazing. Well, that spawned the conversation. When we started talking about Jesus feeding the five, that, how did they miss it? And then we started talking about, okay, what would our one meal be? It was real interesting to hear because I didn't realize this, but Missy had the crawfish pie. With a side of Kay's chicken and dumplings, yeah, because she she couldn't get off that. They are good. With a piece of uh of her chocolate pie, but then this I thought was funny, and then she said, and a side of my twice baked potatoes. <laughs> I was like, oh, you you went on your own on that one because everybody makes these those twice baked potatoes, but she's like, mine's the best. They are. She's right. Whoever yeah. originates is typically always the best. But you're yeah. right. That is interesting that she added her own. Well, she was own. giving credit to everybody. I thought it was going to be a collection of milk. but And then she said, uh, you remember Gloria Jenkins, who's going to be with the Lord now. Yeah. We know her sons really well. They love the Lord. And uh, she said she brought up her homemade rolls. And, I mean, I'm like, when's the last time you had one? And she's always been 20 years, but I never forgot it. (laughs) And I was like, she had assembled this meal and was more giving the credit to the ingredients to God, which I thought was interesting. Of course, then we all went around and named our, like, five-course meal. It is pretty interesting that a a lot written in the Bible, uh, you would uh, an overabundance a lot of a lot of text in and around food. Yeah, I think so. Not said yeah. about food. Well, and I think Jesus interacted in that. I mean, he went to parties. You know, his first one was changing the water to wine. But yeah, he, he, even this, I mean, he was giving you the image. I thought your point Sunday about when Jesus making that from the earthly to the heavenly, and yeah, uh, I forgot how you said that to uh, look through a spiritual lens instead of just a physical. When he said, "Eat my flesh," because most people, I think you made the line. You said, "As soon as people read that, they're like, oh, wait a minute.' Yeah, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. we you Eat my had flesh, me drink my blood. Which what was the point you made Sunday? About so that? I made the point that all he was doing was making the transition. That that's how we maintain what he did for us going forward. See, he already had in mind the Lord's Supper, the the things he He basically was saying, uh, uh, don't forget. That's right. Don't, and don't he's, what he was saying was, is this sustenance is going to go on for you until I come back. And so that's what he meant by it. But if you were only thinking the physical, which is what they were, the fish and the bread, they, that's but how you making it. that I tell you what you would do. A lot of them did. They they left them right there on oh, that. Well, that well, and that's where we're going to hit that next week in the sermon because you're right. All of a sudden it's like, I'm out. Because if it's just about some weird, like, because that just sounds gross to me. There's no, but they did. They missed the his rumor home went around that they were cannibals. Yeah, you know. but don't you think he said that? Because food is one of the things you have to have, right? So, and drink, because he he said you'll well, never right. be hungry and you'll never be thirsty. When he know he wasn't talking, we all so get he, hungry. He and was thirsty. like, "That's my role. That's in me your, in your spiritual life." Exactly. Because, like I told you about. Uh, uh, by the way, on that, you would think. All we have is Acts 27, 20, verse 7. On the, upon the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
And then you got the Corinthian letter, you know, about as often as you, when you come right. together, don't forget this. But why is it uh, that we do that every week? And you know, a lot of people don't. I mean, it just seemed like the weight of what's being recognized there, the body of Jesus nailed to a cross, his blood that was shed, and you participate in that. It's well, a symbolic, I, granted. I think I, as long as you don't make it a rule on either side, that's I'm right. fine with I it. I, I don't like people to say you have to do it every week, and I do yep. it every week. Yep. But if you say, well, you have to, well, you're, well, the reason you're being why, silly. Well, the reason why is because I fully believe when they were first meeting daily, Mm-hmm. They were taking the Lord's Supper more than just once a week. They sure were. So they were taking it on multiple occasions. So to to try to, you know, we just decided. They would just stop during a meal and say, let's right. remember Jesus here. And they'd I, do that. I would support, that's pretty cool right would, there. If yeah. somebody feels like they need to do it every five minutes to get closer to God, you know what? Carry around a little. You know, we carry around the little uh, Germa. Uh, whatever. Uh, jar- yeah. yeah. I'm like, have you a little <laughs> cracker and some juice? Cracker and some juice in your purse for special occasions, especially when you go to that party that you probably shouldn't have gone and say, hang on a second. The Apostle <laughs> Paul said, as oft as you do this, you are proclaiming right. the Lord's death until he comes. That's the point. Jason's right. You don't want to get in the rules of how mm-hmm. often. You want to get into the meaning behind why should we keep doing it. Because basically he said in that text, this is the expression going forward until I come back. Yep. So this is going to be the reminder. You're in me. You're eating of this. And I made the point in the sermon that he was definitely talking about his flesh because if he hadn't come here in flesh, we wouldn't be saved. Mm-hmm. God well, had to come yeah. in flesh. And by the way, in all these countries like China where we have brothers and North Korea and Iran and Russia and all you have the sons and daughters of God, you can bet your bottom dollar that they're not doing it in public. But somewhere among that, in their little houses, their little meetings together, they're still remembering Jesus, their Lord, oh, and they have that. Well, you just think how much more that would be worth if you were, if it was against the law of some country to meet two yeah. or three of you, two or three hundred of you. Mm-hmm. You say church building, that's out. And most of those countries, you said no, they they know where which, you are then. Which, by the way, and we got to go. But the uh, what you just said uh, was one of the interesting things about our live stream, which I think has been great. Is that I love it that families they're listening to a sermon and then they're having discussion. Oh, they take it and they and they and they take the Lord's Supper together, and then it you talk about meals and even like Missy making that transition from a death row. We then started talking about, yeah, we were all sinfully locked up, but he freed us, and we need to be on the positive side of that, right. you know. And 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 like I say about when we get these petty arguments about how much should you take the Lord something, Lord suffer, you never want to be on the side of something where you're defending, thinking about Jesus less. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're like, well, this is how many times you do it. Well, what if I do it twice that much? Nope. Well, you just said you're supporting not thinking about Jesus. All right, I'm I'm out. Go do your legalistic deal, and I'll let me know how that works. So, if out. any of you are interested in checking out what I said beyond that, you can go to wfrchurch.org, and all our old sermons are on there. It was from uh, from the 28th uh, is the, was the date on that sermon. So, if you want to uh, see what I said, you can check that out. See you next time. So we're so glad you guys were with us today. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or YouTube or Facebook. And be sure and rate us on iTunes so that other people can know about the podcast.